0: Hello and welcome to the show. I'm Chloe and it's great to have you listening. This is the second podcast from our 2020 e-commerce master plan growth series sponsored by Omnisend. The first episode was Nicola Fox from Misguided sharing her email marketing and customer communications tips. And this time we've got quite a lot about ads coming up. And it's the fourth time we've dedicated January to helping you find new ways to grow your e-commerce business. We've got great and varied episodes coming up as the month rolls on. Uh, There's nine of them in all, numbers 249 to 257. So make sure you catch them all. For this episode, I asked a past favourite guest back to update us on how he's been growing his company over the last 18 months. We talk about shifting from a sales growth to a profit growth approach, new product development, managing different sales channels, plus a lot of advertising tips. Before we get into that, please do check out the sponsors. Are you looking to increase your sales without a lot of extra work? OmniSend's email and SMS marketing automation platform is tailor-made for e-commerce businesses like you. It's got everything you need to start making more sales immediately, including one-click integrations with the major e-commerce platforms and super easy migration from your existing email marketing platform. They even have award-winning all-human 24-7 customer support who will help you out in under six minutes. No more trying to get past the chatbot. Omnisend is trusted by over 70,000 e-commerce brands and me. Yes, we run our email marketing on the Omnisend platform. Ready to join us? Well, sign up for a free account at ecmp.info forward slash Omnisend and use the code masterplan2022 to save 15% on paid plans when you need them. Everyone in your business should read this book, whether they are in marketing or not. Why? Because it removes all the smoke and mirrors around marketing for e-commerce, channel by channel, but still delivers for your marketing team on detail and how to plan for success. That's what Nicola Fox, ex-head of CRO at Misguided, said about my new book, e-commerce marketing, how to get traffic that buys to your website. You can grab the Kindle or paperback on your local Amazon store now. Or if you're not quite ready to commit to buying the book, head to ecommercemarketingbook.com to get the free crash course, including the first two chapters. And now to introduce today's special guest. Davies Roberts is an inventor and the founder of Flare Audio, the sound technology company who retail headphones, earphones, and much more. After a rapid initial growth, he's now all about maximising profits. Flare Audio are turning over around £4 million per year, and profitability has doubled in the last 12 months. Hello, Davies.
1: Hi, how are you doing, Chloe? Good to speak to you again.
0: I'm good. It's good to speak to you too. And I feel that... It sounds like an awful lot happened since you were last on the show in mid-2018. So, so what's been going on?
1: Yeah, a lot's happened. Um, well, Flair moved premises uh, about a year ago uh, to a place that's about triple the size. Um, we had to put a lot of production uh, facilities in place and a lot of different departments have formed. Um, when I talked to you back then, we were in an explosive growth situation where we'd just come off crowdfunding. Um, just discovered Facebook ads uh, a couple of years earlier and things were really flying. Um, and so really over the last year, it's been a case of getting things back under control, getting processes in place, uh, starting to improve efficiencies in different areas of the business and getting our marketing succinct and uh, global as a brand so that we're saying one voice, one message all the time.
0: And as I mentioned in the, in the intro, you've Doubled profitability in the last twelve months. Has that been a big focus for you? You know, um, going from that explosive growth into a place of kind of sustainable profitability.
1: Yes, that was um, that's been a real. It's been a, it's not been a struggle per se, but it's been it's been a challenge because um, what enabled our um, instant uh, growth on Facebook was the worldwide targeting, which let the algorithm uh, basically sell to one hundred and seventy to countries. And from there, we've been really starting to focus down on the main countries that are buying our products and the efficient countries that we can ship to. Um, there are issues around the world with shipping and getting product to people on time. So um, it's it's sort of getting all that that sorted out and, and getting marketing to the people that you can make money out of rather than selling to countries where you're constantly having stuff go missing or constantly getting um, inefficient ad servings because of being highly competitive, for say, like the USA. Um, it's it's a case of getting that refinement, getting the right products to the right market and, and making sure you control how that's all delivered.
0: It's been a big ad optimization focus, but not just looking at the numbers that Facebook's giving you, but looking at the offline ops side of things and customer complaints and and the cost of delivery to then make a whole profitability decision about what you're doing with the ads?
1: Yeah, exactly right. Also, looking at what people say about our products and listening to them um, to get profitability higher, that, that you make a better product. Um, and That's been one of the focuses this year. Um, we realized that sleeps, um, although it blocks really loud snoring uh, because it had solid metal inside uh, the earplug, it wasn't totally comfortable to wear all night long. So we listened and looked on uh, on Facebook and on, on other socials to see and understand what people really wanted. And we realized there wasn't an ideal sleeping earplug out there. Um, Sleeps is a small ball of slow rebound memory foam on a soft silicon stick, and you literally squeeze the um, silicon and just pop it in your ear. It's really simple. And the market wasn't being served with a simple uh, solution. You had blocks of foam, you had our rigid ear protectors, or you had um, bits of wax that you can push in your ear and no one was acing it. and that led to the development of that product and then that reduced our, our cost of acquisition because suddenly now people were really you know, getting this and wanted to, to buy it more efficiently. So costs, it's not just about um, getting departments right. It's also about getting the right product in the right market and developing your product.
0: I love that you're not just saying about we, we looked at our own customer feedback and what they were telling us, but you've actually proactively gone out there on the social networks to see what they're saying to each other about the product in order to develop it. And I think a lot of businesses miss that trick and it's it's not difficult to do, is it?
1: No, they they ignore the complaints and they just try to bury their head in the sand with it. And we don't, um, we're very aware. I mean, I, I say openly that metal is not um, an ideal ear protector if you want to wear it all night long. It's great for blocking very loud snoring if you're in a position where you need to do that. Um, but for for all night comfort, you've got to get a solution that is re- really works. And so literally taking it on the chin and going, this isn't working for this market. We need to adapt and develop. Um, and that's really the core of what we've been doing. In, in all different areas of the business is looking socially, understanding where the trends are going, understand where we want to go as a company and understanding where we're not going currently and what we're not doing.
0: As well as um, refining the earplugs, you've also been launching quite a few other products at the moment, which I think a lot of people would say, well, if you're looking at improving profitability, surely a whole load of R&D is not the way to go about it.
1: No, I mean, it, it's, it's a case of We've got 13 patents now as a company and um, one of the particular patents that we had was for loudspeakers and we knew that we were able to develop uh, an environmentally friendly uh, loudspeaker made from paper and aluminium but we, we held back that until we were approached by Selfridges to install it in their new Selfridges cinema and it, with an opportunity like that coming along you can't just go oh no well, we can't afford to do that just now um you have to take it on the chin and go we have to develop this so there's over a hundred uh, zeros in salvages cinema on three screens of dolby atmos Um now most people have gone well you're a you're a earphone uh manufacturer you're a headphone manufacturer no, it, it, it's not we're a sound technology company and we have all these technologies and we were trying to pace them out but when opportunity comes along you have to you have to take it on and, and, and just do it
0: well that's the thing isn't it it's like you you could have planned that for 2024 or something all you like but if Selfridges turn around and go can you help us here that's an amazing opportunity to launch and test and prove and
1: yeah exactly for, from that Harrods came along and they, they two weeks ago asked us to put it into the store and that went in last week so we've now got zero in Harrods and you know, for a brand that um, has been scaling in ways that are very similar to other companies that are scaling, like we are, uh, on the social uh, side of things, it's a big challenge because we don't have the infrastructure in place to support um, all the dealing, re- requirements, brochures, all the different things that they want in store. So um luckily for us we have a very good relationship with them they know where we're at and they're we're, we're developing it with them uh, and getting it in store so it, it we're really not following the norm which is you know you develop a product you spend a lot of money on marketing it and then you push it out there we are developing it based on opportunity and based on feedback and based on dynamic um research on our own adverts so i think a lot of companies are doing that um but it's, uh, we're, for us, we're, we're quite broad in, in how we approach things, i.e. from loudspeakers through to earplugs. Exactly. I mean, our, our mission is to develop technology all around the ear. Long live ears is the motto of the company, the tagline. No one is doing that. No, no one is perfecting what we hear. There's there's plenty of people making glasses for our, for our eyes um, and allowing us to see clearly. Um, nobody's doing that for our ears. Everyone's making sort of technology products or technologies that feed biometric data back or um, hearing aids that amplify sound, but nobody is thinking about how we can make sound quality clearer to our eardrums. And that's what we are uh, completely focused on. And what we intend to do over the next uh, few years is to become the global leader. But we need, uh, in order to do that, we need uh, one, a growth product. Um, Two, that product needs to be completely innovative and new uh, discovery type of product because the modern world now is not about buying the same thing again and again. It's about buying something new and something new that is really exciting and very broad appeal. So we're working on a couple of projects right now for Q1 next year, which we hope are are exactly that.
0: So there's a there's very much a where you take it next to I guess get the the sales growth back on track, now the profitability is under control. Would that be a fair assessment?
1: Exactly. I think we've got about a dozen different R&D projects on the go simultaneously. The loudspeaker, the one is sort of working on a little baby mini zero for Harrods we're working on. um, An environmental loudspeaker that's much lower cost um, because we know that venues Uh, are crying out for um, low cost, high quality sound uh, products, Um, but also the environmental standpoint, because there's a big problem with loudspeakers. They do do last a long time, but they have to cut down trees to make them Um, or you have to plastic injection mold. And so using recycled paper and aluminium, which is 100 percent recyclable, is it's it's the right thing to do and it's, it's the right technology that we have and it's just a case of right okay well the mi market is a slow market it's a it's a market that is um resistive to change and we're never going to make you know a, a livable amount of money off that market but it's incredibly important to us because we come from pro audio we love live music venues we we think they need support and so We're trying to create a range of the product for them that gives them that angle, a bit like what's happened with Selfridges with the paper loudspeakers in there.
0: And I guess there's there's certainly no harm in getting one of your products that does great things for ears and for sound in an environment where people who would be interested in buying your consumer products are going to be hanging out? You know, to have in a venue, great quality speakers for people who might want to have earplug protection whilst they're listening, who listen to music on headphones and the same with the Harrods and the Selfridges customers.
1: Yeah, it's it's all about this spiderweb approach as I've referred to it before, which is um, a lot of well, when we first rocketed as, as a company, it was the isolate ear protectors that rocketed for us. And I was very aware that we had one channel, one thread holding us up in terms of a sales driver. And so for us, it's all about trying to spiderweb out now with lots of different threads, all, all, all producing brand awareness, all producing a small amount of revenue. Uh, that That gets your profitability up, especially if you can make the products Cost effectively, and you don't have to invest in huge amounts of stock. Um, then you can have multiple SKUs in different sectors that are all adding a bit to the uh, to the pie, if you like.
0: We've talked a little bit about ads there, and I know I know you are incredibly passionate about your Facebook ads, and you you really get get involved there too. So I wondered, you know, as we're starting a new year and everyone's looking at what strategies they should be doing, are there a couple of Facebook um, ad tips or other ad platform tips you've got for the listeners?
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it still remains to be uh, lookalike audiences, which are really what set Facebook apart from everyone else, as well as the uh, ability to reach so many people. Um, so, what we've been doing recently on our adverts is taking our audiences and um, really segmenting them based on um, when they bought the product, uh, what price they bought the product at um trying to really get those custom audiences refined um male female splits um whereabouts they are in the world um and so we can target more and more effectively losing lookalikes um lookalikes are where it's at it just got to get um the right seed audience for it um so that's really one of the main tricks um we're also now um taking a step back and we're actually focusing on country by country. Um, so um, over the last couple of weeks, we've just started quite aggressive adverts in the UK, again, using um, lookalike audiences, but also uh, a few demographics. And we're layering that up with um, against Twitter and Google and again, using the same creative so that when people see us on um, Facebook, and then they're off surfing elsewhere, they're seeing the same creative or a very similar creative that looks the same so that people then get reminded, I've seen this elsewhere. I think that's a mistake that a lot of brands make is that you have, they have different ads for different platforms and you, you lose the brand identity or the link between. Um, And so that's what we're focusing on right now. And we're doing it country by country um, so that as we build up a country's turnover and sales, we then move to another country. Um, and I think it's, it's that kind of approach, that sort of fragmented bit step by step um, and, and layering on the Google AdWords as well as I, I, I talked to you earlier about is that um, Google AdWords is, is for us has been a real pain because we're not um, a normal brand in that we don't, you know, for example, we don't just sell TVs and you could search TVs and up you pa- come on a pay-per-click our products are unique. Um, So it's been a case of trying to find a way that we can come up in the search terms cost effectively. And we've recently just done that with our smart display ads that we're using in the UK. Um, And we're just being very refined on our targeting, just going for the precise keywords that will trigger an ad, not getting too carried away with it and um, doing the same on each platform like that. Um, And that gives you the efficiency.
0: Great tips there, and I, I should just say to the audience um, that when Davy said, as we talked about earlier, that was before we hit record. So you guys can't get that. I'm sorry. Before you, you start rewinding, going where was the other Google ads bit? It was. It was before we hit record. So sorry, guys. Yikes! <laughs> <laughs> but um, so, how are you finding juggling Facebook, Google ads, and Twitter ads? Because I know um, a lot of businesses struggle to run just Google and Facebook, and do a good job of both of them, and then adding Twitter into the mix is something very few retailers are doing at the moment.
1: It's patience, actually. It, 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 we were running worldwide and just every day push, 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 and um, it's because of the profitability going up uh, that we've had a bit more space and a bit more time to work out strategy and more holistically. And so, um, what it's been is right, and, it, and it's it's a test and learn but in a small way. So, for example, with our sleeps, um, ear, uh, sleeping earplugs that we've got, we, we started a campaign on Facebook, running to the UK, specific demographics. We watched the CPAs come in. We understand where we're, we're getting for on, on Facebook. And so we then mirrored that exact campaign, slightly, obviously slightly different wording, uh, on Google, and run some pay-per-click ads. We've been running that for a couple of days. We see that efficiency come up. We then understand what the CPA is on there. So we can then throttle the two so that we bring one down and the other one up till we get the same similar CPAs. And then again, we layer that onto Twitter. So again, same thing, same targeting, same message, same creatives on Twitter. Um, Bearing in mind that attribution on Twitter is really poor and that you have to uh, very much rely on it being a first... Um, sort of news bulletin type of ad serving so people will see a tweet about sleep's earplugs and they may or may not click on the on the ad Um, but they may well go on to google and then search for it and so if they then find the ad on google and they click it you're getting last click on google but you know that twitter has has at least striked that initial set light to touch paper if you like finding that first person first and twitter's very good at that but it's blind so it literally is a case of set a budget and just throw it away. It's a bit like billboard advertising where you don't know what you're getting from the analytics side. Um, but we do use it, yes. And it and it has been very significant. Um, and there was an issue, actually, I think, I don't know if I talked about this on the previous podcast. I don't think I did. Um, I, I went on holiday to Cuba. And unfortunately, our entire ad platform got blocked um, because they don't like, they don't let you advertise if you're in Cuba. I didn't know that.
0: So because you you posted that you were in Cuba, or they geo targeted the fact you were in Cuba, the whole thing came down.
1: No, no, it was worse than that. They they saw an IP address that had me in a terrorist country, according to you know, according to the US. They at that oh my time, gosh. and so a, a whole entire ad account got frozen. Um, now, luckily, I'm. Pretty well connected in, in Facebook. So we got that lifted after about 48 hours. And I couldn't then log in to until the you Manager got back to the until UK. Until I got back to the UK. So what that meant was was we kept the ads off for 10 days and I had to find something else. And because of that duress, I created some Twitter ads and we saw the revenue come in. Now we could turn the ads off; the revenue stopped. Turn the ads on; the revenue came in, and it was all attributed to direct uh, sales. So, yeah, you,
0: you can't track it, but it's pretty concrete that when it's on, the sales lift, and when it's off. So, you know, you've got to go with it, haven't you?
1: It was one of those. So, it was that was the point where I realised actually Twitter's got you know has got some uh, some use, although it it's incredibly blind. It's incredibly um, too quick and there's no people can't engage too much they can just you know go off and and it's very you know as we know it's it's not the politest of um of platforms in terms of people are aggressive on there and they're quite blunt and and all the rest of it but um if you if you get your keyword targeting right and if people are talking about you know snoring at night or they need earplugs um, and you get them to serve an advert you do get pretty good results so yeah, it's it's another platform that we're on now, and um, it, although it's got the least of our ad spend, um, it's it's a top of funnel sort of reach-based um, platform for us.
0: And whilst you've been doing all this with the ads, you've also, from what I, from what I can work out, you've also been pretty busy with the number of channels you're selling through. So it looks to me like you're wholesaling to people, you've, you're on the marketplaces, and you're going direct. Is that causing you challenges in the search for profitability, or is that you know a key part of the of the project?
1: Um, no. Well, the, the good thing is that we're not going after this; it's coming to us. So, um, because of the the reach that we're getting on the social channels, we get approached by the retailers, and um, of course, we take a hit on the margin with our channel, but at the same time we're not having to do any advertising for them and they're getting their own sales so it actually works out you know pretty pretty similar to be honest um we like having the channel partners because they're, they're believing in us they're building our brand and they um they're effectively investing in us so yeah it gives me a warm feeling with the retailers um i think retailing is absolutely incredibly important and we have a i think about 40 across the world um who are doing a great job because if you're in australia and you want to buy our product um you're not you have to wait weeks if we ship it to you, you know, or at least a couple of weeks whereas earjobs who are one of the big uh earplug resellers out there are championing our brand they put us pretty much on on their home page and they're getting great results out there using our product, and so what happens is when we serve adverts and they they go to australia a, a high percentage of people go on to google then see the local supplier and get it locally
0: and you mentioned you know the australian supplier there's quite a niche uh <laughs> a niche retailer are most of your wholesalers niche or are you in some of the big boys as
1: well um so we're in boots here in care um we are um, in in Selfridges and Harrods. We um, and then have uh, Gear for Music, who's one of the major um, sort of retailers of ear protectors and earphones. Um, we have hi-fi headphones uh, distributed through KS Distribution. Um, so we have a mix. Um, we're certainly not yet in the major, major retailers. We I don't think we're quite ready for that yet. Um, we probably need another six months to build up uh, sleeps first and then that will um that that will be an ideal product for major retailer and i say we've got this exciting new product coming um next year which i can't talk about at the moment but <laughs> the when, way we, way re- when we release it it's uh, it's going to be exciting because it's 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 kind of really interesting um so yeah it's it, it's a case really of just um keep pushing keep developing and keep learning
0: E commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are Are you looking to increase your sales without a lot of extra work? OmniSend's email and SMS marketing automation platform is tailor-made for e-commerce businesses like you. It's got everything you need to start making more sales immediately, including one-click integrations with the major e-commerce platforms and super easy migration from your existing email marketing platform. They even have award-winning all-human 24-7 customer support who will help you out in under six minutes. No more trying to get past the chatbot. Omnisend is trusted by over 70,000 e-commerce brands and me. Yes, we run our email marketing on the Omnisend platform. Ready to join us? Well, sign up for a free account at ecmp.info forward slash Omnisend and use the code masterplan2022 to save 15% on paid plans when you need them. Get started. In the last ad break, you heard a review from a retailer just like you of my new book, e-commerce marketing, how to get traffic that buys to your website. It's a Kindle bestseller in the UK, USA and Australia. And as past podcast guest Chantal put it, if you run an e-commerce business, buy this book. The Kindle and paperback are available from your local Amazon store. Plus it's now available everywhere on audiobook too just search e-commerce marketing on your favorite audiobook app and click on the white cover with the blue and pink text it's time for the top tips round okay i love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our business to the next level so Davies, are you ready for the top tips go for it yeah Okay, the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend?
1: Uh, I don't particularly read books, but if I was going to recommend one, it would be um, low carb, low sugar um, keto. Um, for me, it's changed my life and saved my life. I've lost six six stone over the last couple of years by quitting sugar and. Um, And it's made my brain so much better. I'm so much more calm. I don't suffer from anxiety anymore. If I eat sugar and I wake up in the morning, I feel depressed. So I'd highly recommend um, a book about keto and low sugar and getting rid of those refined carbohydrates, eating vegetables and eating all organic.
0: Very cool. I like it. Look, left field. I like a left field book tip. <laughs> I agree. <don't> um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. The uh, the traffic top tip. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves?
1: Uh, well, Facebook is uh, continues to be the number one uh, channel. I think 75% of our sales come through Facebook uh, currently. I don't think... Um, people really use Facebook uh, to its full potential. Um, I think the custom audiences and lookalikes, although they're well known, I, I don't know if they're used in, in the way that they can be. Um, and I think that for, for us, refining who your audience are, uh, refining your customers, and then targeting lookalikes on them is and remains to be the, the, the best way of targeting anyone ever in marketing.
0: Yeah, there's. I, I would agree. From I get to see in quite a few Facebook ad accounts, and I would say people and far too many people are still just boosting posts. Let alone um, even even getting anywhere close to unlocking. Yes, depressingly so.
1: Well, that's just it's engagement. That's just all, all you're going to do is get people who like to click on something. And the algorithm is going to find lots of those.
0: Yes, everyone listening, if you are still boosting posts, stop go and spend some time looking at proper Facebook ads because that's what we've been talking about today. Okay, uh, rant over. Uh, tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day?
1: It's probably got to be Freshdesk. Um, that really revolutionised us. Um, we Up until that point, we were really struggling to amalgamate all emails and messages and tweets and all the different social platforms and getting that in place um and all the reporting that went along with it and all seeing all the cs team i can say to them hey what's the favorite product today hey what's the biggest moan today i can get all the information i need to help steer and develop our brand so yeah fresh desk
0: Excellent. And then the growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them?
1: Unique product, new money, don't follow a trend, find something that's not being done properly, not being solved properly, that's not being answered in the market and develop and sell it because you can have the best marketing strategy in the world. But if your product is not if it's not got an advantage over the peoples, you're just going to be pushing uh, water up a hill, um, develop, find something new. Even if you're in a market that's saturated, find out a niche product that is different, something that people are going to want and some at a price point that puts you ahead of your competition.
0: Yet another great piece of advice. Thank you, Davies. Now, before we say goodbye, could you let your listeners know, let my listeners know even, where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please?
1: Yeah. So, uh, my name is Davis Roberts. I'm the founder and CEO of Flare Audio. Flare Audio spelled F L A R E A U D I O flareaudi uh, com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, you can engage our um, customer services staff 9 to 5 p.m. Monday to Friday, uh, London time.
0: Awesome. And thank you so much for being on the podcast today and for being so generous because you've shared so much and I know it will help many of the listeners. So, thank you.
1: Thanks for having me. Thanks very much.
0: So, great to catch up with Davies again there. Um, his knowledge and how in-depth he gets on the ads platforms is just Great. And it's amazing how much he's willing to share with all of us. Um, If you want more on Facebook ads, then do have a listen to his first interview with us, which was number 164, where we get into Facebook ads and we do a fair bit on Kickstarter too. Now, to get your hands on the notes from today's show, including the top tips, links and details of related episodes, then head over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this interview from our 2020 e-commerce master plan growth series sponsored by Omnisend. Make sure you check out all the others. Now, we get a lot of people finding the e-commerce master plan podcast for the first time during our growth series. So if that's you, please don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode. And if you've listened before, then do go and let me know what you think of the show by putting a review on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or whatever it is you're listening to us via. I love to hear what you think. I hope you have a great week. Keep optimising. Thank you for listening to the eCommerce Masterplan Podcast. Find out more at eCommerceMasterplan.com podcast.